Let's Talk Home Repair is sponsored by Matriarchy Build, who provide tele-DIY services connecting homeowners to vetted pros for one-on-one video consultations. Visit matriarchybuild.com to get guidance on projects as small as a leaky faucet or as big as a home remodel. You can even book a session with Amy themselves. Visit www.matriarchybuild.com. Tele-DIY. Like telehealth? Yeah. Cool. I know. I'm Alicia, homeowner. I'm Amy, general contractor. And we're talking home repair. We're going to talk a little bit about a project we've got going on. We're actually wrapping it up. Um, but it's a, oh, it's going to be one of those projects that we're going to actually submit the pictures to um, some kind of remodeling award. No, oh, really? The designer is, too. Oh, so we wonderful. Worked, we worked with the designer on this one, and, and she's already staged the photographers and everything to go in and take pictures and stuff. So Fantastic. It's pretty sweet. Pretty and how sweet. long a project has it been? I mean, how long? Um, I believe we started... I think we started in February. That's when you started, so the designer was probably working with them oh, earlier yeah. than that. Yeah, through, um, well, we had first looked at this job two years ago. Oh, wow. We had done their main floor bathroom, and then, you know, with the with hope that we would do the second one, and then, you know, she called and said, hey, I'm ready to do it. Nice. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, and we did. Yeah, we did. This was a really fun project, 1900 house, you know, over 100 years old, taking the, the closet from one of the bedrooms and incorporating that into the bathroom upstairs. So we had to take out the wall that the shower was on, and then we actually moved the adjacent wall in toward the bedroom. So we're creating a little more room in that closet and then we so created, well, I'm sorry what was the goal did they want a bigger bathroom a bigger closet or? master master a, bath got it they didn't have one so we totally took the closet out moved the wall we had to do some structural stuff that that was uh, affected all the way down to the basement mm. we were doing work in the kitchen and in the basement and footings and beams and posts and all kinds of stuff um, and that was kind of interesting uh, tying in roof rafters at all different weird angles. Oh, wow. Um, creating that area that was the closet, expanded closet, into a wet room. So the shower and the tub were in there, but there's no, you know, enclosure for the shower. Mm. There's a drain in the middle of the floor and a nice, beautiful slipper tub that sits up against this wall that's got this beautiful tile on it. And there's there's a couple of pictures on the website. Amyworks.com is the website. There's a couple pictures there, and we'll be featuring it um, as soon as we get final pictures. I think we are, the final thing is we're waiting for the glass to be installed for the door. Okay. So there was a bathroom there. Right. The bathroom, original bathroom, kind of stayed as it was. Um, we took the shower and the bathtub out. Okay. And moved that into that closet, the closet area. area. Right. Okay. Right. So the shower is actually just, you know, a shower head coming out of the wall. Very cool. It was All a fun right. project. Are we thinking about doing a deep dive today? We are. All right. What are we deep diving into? We're going to talk about uh, finishing a basement. People have that extra space, mm-hmm. especially in Seattle. You can't, you can't get out of your house and buy better now, really, unless you're one of the wealthy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so people are wanting to um, create more living space in their basement. And some have it easy where they've got enough headspace, they've got enough, everything looks great, and is all they have to go in, do is go in and 
put some drywall up, put a bathroom in, and they're good to go. But other bath or other um, ba- basements are rough, mm-hmm. really rough, and so there's work that needs to be done. Um, you're going to be spending, you know, minimum of a hundred thousand dollars to start doing one of these if it's at just a raw basement. Really? Um, yeah. Okay. I, uh, kumbaya, my lord. I need to take a breath on this. But you're talking about um, a basement, like, like it's not. You're not talking about a renovation. You're talking about a finishing. Like this is not a finished basement. This is not a finished basement. It's not a. You so it's got not a cellar, but you know it's holding your. Um, mechanicals like your furnace and your hot water heater, but and you're just storing stuff down there. But that's about all that it's doing yeah. at this. You point. You might have your washer and dryer down there, but right. you know okay. it's on concrete slab, and you've got a floor drain and um, that kind of stuff. So it's just it's a raw, raw basement. May not even have drywall down there. Just you'll see mm. the foundation and studs on the wall, possibly. And so, what are you considering? You're like, okay, I have this basement. Uh, are there some basements that just really aren't worth finishing? Or, you know, how would you assess, help a homeowner assess this is a worthwhile thing to do? You can pretty much do any basement. It just depends on how much money you want to spend. Mm-hmm. If you have to do excavation on the floor in order to um, get to your ceiling height. Um, do you have to get to some healing uh, ceiling height? Again, let's say I just wanted as my young kid's you know, okay. I'm, go, I'm going that we're doing permits. Oh, that this is going to be a permitted process. Always, when I talk about renovations, it's a permitted process. I believe your ceiling height has to be six feet eight inches. Okay, so you've got to have that from floor, finished floor to bottom of the uh, ceiling joist or floor joist from above. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, so you have to you'll excavate and. Then if you, ha- if you have to ex- excavate too low and you're actually where you're seeing the footings of your foundation, which is the wider part at the bottom of your foundation, mm-hmm. then that's where you want to think about, do we want to raise the house? Um, What's more expensive? <clears throat> um, apples to apples. It's, no, it's not. It's really not apples to apples because it's, it's, it, it all depends on, you know, you're, you're detaching the house from the, f- from the foundation, you're putting in cribbing to elevate it, and then you're reattaching it. Or, and cribbing is just basically kind of you're reframing the distance between the foundation and what you're lifting to, right? Right. Kind of yeah. lo- looks like framing. Reframing it or, or more foundation. Or more depending. foundation. Right. Um, or if you're able to, if you have the room to do the excavation, then, you know, you're digging down, say, four, six, eight inches. And first you're busting up the concrete that's in there, and then you're having to dig all of that stuff out and then hauling all of that away. Then you're having to pour concrete. And so it's, it's I don't know. I, I don't know. What if know. you don't have outdoor access to your basement? You create it. You create it. Mm-hmm. You just you can cut a hole in the foundation. So and that's not a big deal. Framing, not really. We've done it multiple times. Mm-hmm. Um, egress windows and and things like that. Yeah. And if somebody was saying, okay, like you say in Seattle, because of the house prices, we really are renovating and creating more space mm-hmm. where we exist now. Um, 
Would you suggest, because I mean, at $100,000, should I just add a second floor to my house? Let's say I'm, I'm in one of these one-story bungalows and I've got this basement. Should I, is it cheaper and it more cost-effective to do the basement or to add a second floor to your house? It depends on your foundation. Mm. If your foundation is rated such that you can put a second floor on, then you can. Otherwise, you would have to do some structural work um, to be able to get that second floor on. Mm. So there's, there's a structural engineer that's got to come in at some point in the process. If you've already got a second floor that's there um, and just digging out the, the basement, that's going to be, of course, your easiest bet. But. And less structural issues. Or yes. F- sorry, fewer structural fewer, issues. Fewer, fewer, right. I did one, um, I was project manager on one where we put in a... Um, uh, steel beam. We replaced the old mm. wooden beam that was in there and um, replaced it with a, a steel beam that was, it was in two sections. And, you know, you had to have, you know, your two by f- two by two foot by two foot concrete that the post sits on that mm. supports the steel beam. And, and, and it's just fascinating to, to see how that all goes together. And it's like, Oh, this is so cool. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just these guys come in and it's like, they, they do these drawings. It's like, here, can you do that? It's like, well, yeah, that looks easy. But of course they've got all these calculations that they have to do. And right. I, that is just beyond me. Very um, cool. Yeah. What do you do with, um, you know, your sewer pipe is halfway up the basement wall. What do you do? That we can, we, you can put in a sewage ejection pump, which is kind of like a sump pump. Except it's sealed, right? The, the top is right. bolted down. You don't want to be taking that off because you're actually having sewage that's going into that and then it's being macerated or chewed up and then it's being pumped up into um, your sewer pipe. Um, sometimes you can dig through the foundation or go through the foundation and hook into your sewer depending upon the height of your sewer on the outside if you've got enough mm-hmm. fall for the pipe. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but we have done several uh, sewage ejection pumps where you know you, you don't have the you don't have the luxury of having the sewer pipe lower than the floor. So mm-hmm. we've got to we've got to do that. So you've got to find a spot for that. Right. Uh, but it seems to work just fine, no problems. Um, or there's also that option of you. Is it loud? One. No, we can't hear it. Really? Not really. Mm-mm. Because I, uh, in one of my basements, we had put a toilet in, put right, toilet and sink that. in, and we actually had the toilet that does that job. Mm-hmm. And so your sink goes into that kind of contraption, which is part of the toilet. And, um, you know, you hear it grinding, you know, when you flush the toilet or use the sink, it will, mm-hmm. you know, kind of hit some threshold and then it's like, you know, so you're not going to subtly go to the restroom. <laughs> One of those. But what you're talking about is, is quieter or so how does it actually work then? If it's not making any mechanical sound, it's just the, the, the tank that it's in and the lid that's on there is a little bit. Oh, kind of pressurized. Insulated. You know, it's sound insulation on the, in there and, and typically you can, you. Is um, it run by electricity? Yep. Okay. It's it's hooked up similarly to a sump pump where you've got, you know, the the drain pipe that goes in and then you've got a pipe that goes out that goes into the the sewage. What else to consider if you're making a living space? Again, we're talking about permitted, coded uh, living space down mm-hmm. in a basement. Right. What else do you have to have? 
So uh, so we've got a bathroom. We figured that out. We're going to do the sewage ejection pump or something. Is that required? Getting into... To do a bath? No, you don't have to do You don't bathroom. have to. But no. Okay. So but what well, other things well, do you need to legally have if you're going to make that a living space? Well, if you just want it to have, to, to, to be an extra room, right? You're not calling it anything other than this is our playroom. It's, you know, you really don't need much of anything. Um, you would, the framing and the insulation would be things that would be called out um, as, according to code. Right, you have to have a certain certain insulation factor on your walls, um, and then um, you wouldn't even have if it's just a playroom. You wouldn't even have to have an egress window. You would have to have egress from that floor, though. In a case where you were saying you didn't have a door out, mm-hmm. you'd have to make something. You'd ha- it'd have to be either a window. There would there does have to be egress out somehow. Somehow. Um, so it's putting in a window or a door or something. And it doesn't have to be in that separate room. Or if it's a bedroom, now like, you have to have an egress window in the bedroom, which is a specific size. It has to be a certain size, minimum of a certain size, 5.7 square feet, or and um, it has to be a maximum of 44 inches from the floor so that you can actually climb out of the window. And what's going to differentiate between whether it's a, a, a bedroom or a playroom? Um, what you call it. Bedroom has to have a closet, mm-hmm. and so if you've got a closet and they, it looks like it's a bedroom, then they will most likely say, and then you call it out when you're, you know, you're putting it for your permits and things, you're calling it out what it is. It's like, I'm, I'm, we're adding a bedroom. So that goes on the, you know, county records for your house, right? We've added a bedroom. We were a two, now we're a three. Right, right. As opposed to just extra room. What else to consider if you're finishing Uh, a basement? If you have, um, if your furnace and hot water tank are down there, it's like, where are they? Typically, they would put them right in the middle of the floor for some reason. Well, well I so think it could that, reach everything. Right. And, and when they had those monster, they looked like, they looked <laughs> like monsters, <laughs> huge oil burners that sat in the middle. Right. And they <laughs> had these arms that went out and they had the asbestos insulation <laughs> all over them. And it was like sat right in the middle of the basement. Um, and so moving that out of the way and, uh, you know, how old is the furnace? Is it time to think about an upgrade? And, and so what can we do? Can we get something that's, that's smaller, that's more efficient, that maybe could go outside and like, a, like the, the heat pumps and the mini split units? Mm-hmm. Um, those are, you know, the, the, the big unit goes outside and then you've got the mini splits that, are, that hang on the wall. Consider your neighbors in making these choices. This is a public service announcement <laughs> from your neighbors. That's true. <laughs> I've heard that there's just been, there are some if, uh, issues on some of those high efficiency. Uh, yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Our neighbor has one and, and yeah, the sound is not too good. Yeah. So and I, I think, you it's know. It's not if bad, you, but, but in the middle of the night when there's no other sound and that thing kicks on, it's like, what is that? So I think noise is, um, I think, a big consideration you need to make if you're uh, changing over mechanicals like hot water heaters and furnaces. It's going to be different. Better or worse, it's, I think it's going to be different because... Oh, you yeah, know. you're going to get used to, you know, you've got a gas furnace and you get that, oh, where right. it starts up and then it's really quiet. And then others may 
you know, but a consideration of what you might want to use that basement for. Mm-hmm. Know that you're closer. You know, maybe you don't notice that in the first floor or definitely the second floor. Right. Um, but in the fir- in the basement, you're going to be kind of living with those. Mm-hmm. Exactly. More. Right, right. So uh, maybe not a place to put the nursery. Or maybe it is. Or maybe it makes them sound <laughs> sleepers, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Same with, uh, you know, hot water tank. Mm-hmm. Get the hot water tank out of there. Um, are you going to go with tankless maybe or um, move it someplace out into the garage? Um, that's also a possibility of moving your furnace out into the garage as well, um, depending upon the location of where it is now and where you want to put it. So how much um, in thinking about doing this, um, what should be done, uh, refinishing a basement, what should be done with a contractor and what can you do yourself? You can do a lot of the demo. Mm. Um, I would I would definitely talk to um, say a structural engineer, architect to find out if you're planning on moving that stuff around. You've got those old you know eight by eight posts that go right down the middle of your basement, right? And some of them have have those shims that are stuck in the top because the house is settled such a way that that you know they needed to do something. So you're going to be changing that stuff out. Mm. Um, definitely use a structural engineer on that kind of stuff. You can do that work. I mean, if you're if you're comfortable doing a little bit of concrete, um, the the structural engineer is going to tell you pretty much prescriptively exactly the kind of mm. uh, wood that you need to put in there, mm-hmm. um, and then you can call for a for a framing inspection. And um, I mean, you can work on your own house. Um, so it, you know, it depends on how comfortable you are doing that. When a homeowner does it, we have fewer permitting issues. Correct or no? Well. Uh, the, I would say that you might have more because, um, you know, a, a DIYer may not be quite as skilled as they should be to get the work done correctly. Uh-huh. I mean, there's little things in framing that you would never think of, like, um, what do they call it? I can't even think of what it's called now. You actually have to, <laughs> you have to put in, you have to put in this fire stop foam right. around, you know, openings and things like that. It's like, I wouldn't think of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, you have to stuff insulation up here so you're not getting this draft and you have to, to put this blocking in every so often and all this kind of stuff. And if you've never done it before. Um, but I mean, what, but I mean, your six foot eight requirement, mm-hmm. you know, if I'm just trying to refinish sh- some stuff, do I still have that requirement? If you're going to go down there and you've got an empty, empty space. Yes. And you just want to put drywall up. You just want to put some studs up and some drywall up. You don't need to pull a permit for that. Okay. Just it's it's finished. It's just done. If you're if you're moving posts and beams, you need a permit for that. If you're putting in a bathroom, you need a permit for that. Oh, really? Yes. Um, but just to throw some, you don't have to have you don't have to have a permit for drywall. Even building walls. And I um, may be wrong on that. <laughs> so I and mean, it depends as, on your. It depends on always, your area. Yeah, right. Check your check your codes. Yeah, um, it, but because the, the I think the other thing that um, you really are responsible for knowing what you are responsible for. Right. Because if you go forward with it, not only might it be unsafe, but if you have neighbors, if you're making, I, I think that's the number one way. You Do get you caught, not get, you get along get, with your neighbors? I think that's the number one question you should ask yourself. True, true. Because I, mean, I just, the building here, they were just trying to do it on their, on, with themselves, and their neighbors ratted them out. Oh. And so then they, 
city came by and said, uh, what you doing here, folks? Really? And they said, well, this. And so then they had to stop and go get it permitted. And then I think they probably had to get drawings. Be nice to your neighbors. Yep. Keep your neighbors neighbors as friends. Yep. They might help you out. Share dumpsters. Exactly. Offer people to put stuff in their dumpster (laughs) if you have a dumpster sitting on the the street for too long. Anything else we need to think about? Um, Depending upon what you're doing, you might uh, have to think about a different type of heat source if you don't have ducting down there from Mm. the furnace or if you want to have it separate from the upstairs and not not controlled by the thermostat that you have upstairs. You may want to put in baseboard heaters or wall heaters or, you know, radiant heaters or something. So there's going to be electrical to consider if you're putting in those heaters. Right. I mean, typically the the unfinished basement has that bare bulb that is over the washing <laughs> machine, right? You don't have you don't have a whole lot of electrical down there. So you're probably going to get an electrician in there to to give you outlets and and lights and switches. If you're, do you think panels that the building was originally built with is sufficient? You mean electrical panels? Yeah. Um it depends. Well, it depends on the age of the house. Okay. So built in 1910, it has original, so it's going to have knob and tube and it's probably going to have fuses. Then I would say no. Then then you definitely would want to do an upgrade on that. Um, houses built in the, say, 60s or 70s might be enough. You might have it. Maybe it's 125 amp service and what you have upstairs is is not too taxing on it and you may have enough room. And that's a call by, um, you know, again, code. Yeah, um, or you can get an electrician in to to you know give you some idea of what you need to do. And that would be one of those things, you know, on this podcast we do try to say uh, or advocate for what you can give a try at. Right. But messing with the panel, that both for safety and code reasons, you really do need to find an electrician. Yeah, I th- I think so. That's that's you know you're crossing the line unless you 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 know you do something like that at work or whatever, but. Or you've really, really read up on it and know exactly what you're doing. But I don't condone But, I mean, you can't pass code doing your own electrical, can you? Homeowner can, yes. Okay. Yeah. But not if there's a contracted... Like, if this project is contracted, then the homeowner can't pick and choose what it wants to do on, on stuff that needs inspections. Like, so right. They can't, they can't then do the electrical and we not have an electrician come in and do it, right? right. They, they can't do that. So it's kind of an all or nothing thing when you have a big project like this. Well, homeowners can do drywall. They could do tiling. They can, the things they can't do is, is, is plumbing and electrical. And structural. And structural. Well, no, we, if, you, if you have the structural drawings from an engineer. Oh, okay. You can do it. It's like, okay, here's my, you know, glue lamp beam that's a seven by nine or whatever it is. And, you know, mm-hmm. my span is only 12 feet and here's my footings and they're the right size. And so if they've gone through and done all the stuff that they're supposed to, he should write it off. And as always, you are, you really need to look into your area, your city, um, and see what the requirements are for right. these kind of projects. And where would you find that kind of information? I mean, a lot of it's on websites now, but what's the department I'm going to look for in my city? It's a Seattle building department. Department, construction department. Um, so other cities would probably have building construction right. departments. Building and building and What might that be nested under? It's kind of by, they're all by themselves. Okay. And then they have, you know, offshoots. Well, it depends because electrical for here in Seattle, electrical is, goes through L&I and then plumbing actually goes through um, King County Health Department. 
Interesting. So the building goes through Seattle itself, and then the other two are... County. Mm-hmm. So county slash city. County level. state, because L and I. Yeah. Right, right. Yep. So it can get kind of confusing to get all that permitting information, and I think that's what another a contractor or designer can help you with that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I like the idea of you know using expertise where you need it, and as you mentioned, doing demo can save quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Doing your own framing mm-hmm. can save, and drywall can save quite a bit. It may not be as nice. You may have to do try <laughs> some things a couple of times. Right, right. But, you know, that's the fun of it. So I give it a- Now, I do have to say that the, the city of Seattle has a really great website, and they have um, a number of tip pages mm. um, that, you know, if you're, say, you want to build a, 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 a detached garage, mm. this these are the steps that you need to go through. You have to do drawings, and you have to do permitting, and you have to do, and these are the things we're going to be looking for when they come out and do inspections. Um, so um, doing a little bit of research online, I, you know, and I can't guarantee that that's the way it is cross country, right. but I know in Seattle, you know, which is a big metropolitan city, um, it's pretty nice. Um, and then there's always um, uh, YouTube channels to look at things like that and uh, um, different literature, like you can go to Fine Home Building Magazine. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a great magazine for, for teaching people Fine how Home to do, Building is fine a beautiful building. yeah. Magazine, yeah. Um, Family Handyman's got some stuff in it. Mm. Um, so there's there's resources out there to to learn. Homeowners, they can be their own general contractor. Right. And handle, right. manage the contractors. Mm-hmm. If they have the time. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. That's that's just the whole thing. It's a, you know, it's a huge puzzle and, and can be kind of hairy and it's hurting cats. Yeah. It is like hurting cats sometimes. And it can end up eating a bunch of time. Right. If you if you can't coordinate them at the right time. But if you've got the time, like for a basement, if if you don't need it done right. in four or five months, yep. you know. Right. Have at it. Right. Right. <laughs> exactly. Any other things on our deep dive? Um well I think converting to a to an attached dwelling unit or ADU is a whole other is a whole other episode. Somebody wants to actually turn it into a, like a rentable space. <laughs> Okay. No. Maybe it won't no, no, be no. another episode. It's very interesting. <laughs> and, and, and certainly in, uh, you know, metropolitan areas, it, the, it's, it's an interesting issue because it, it's evolving, mm-hmm. you know, every oh, it year is. it seems different, you know, like again in Seattle in our city, it's like uh, there were, it was prohibitive, right? the rules that we had. Um, I think Portland, Oregon was a real leader and telling and turning their cities around or their mm-hmm. you know leaders around and saying no this is something we want to do so how do we get it done? you know how right. do we allow us to do this mm-hmm. yeah and i think seattle's getting better better a but, lot better and we're going to have to just i mean cities just are getting dent, more dense and um we've got a lot of water here so we kind of have to build on what we have right right and there's yeah. uh, in Seattle they have the the pre-approved um plans for um detached units that you don't have to go the full process or the full permitting process. You just as long as you buy have enough plans. land, you can just go boom. You, there's actually uh, Seattle has a little section of their website. Um, AD Universe is what it's called, <laughs> and you can go in there and actually put in your address, and it will tell you um, if you can have an ADU or a DADU and how big. What are the difference? One is attached, so uh, it would be like a basement, or you're converting your garage, and the other one is detached. It's a totally separate building. 
Um, so you can go in and look. It's like, what can I put on here? How tall can it be? And uh, so each individual plot of land in the city of Seattle has got a little, See, you can see if you can put it in there. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Mm-hmm. That's about it for the deep dive on the All right. basement. Give us any que- if you have any questions, um, send us send us your questions at askamy at amyworks.com. We'd love to answer them, especially about this basement stuff. Do we have any questions that we need answers to? We do. There are right. some people that want some answers. Um, so this is a, a woman homeowner, and uh, she's got one bathroom. And she wants to renovate it, and she wants to renovate it by herself. Oh, cool. And her question was, can I do it? Can I do it by myself? And how do I do it with just one bathroom? Um, And it's like, sure, you can do it. We've renovated bathrooms before where we reset the toilet every night so that they had the toilet to use. And that's what you're going to have to do, unless for some reason you have to... um, get rid of that piping and you're not able to put it in until the next day or whatever, then you're going to be without a toilet. Uh, but, um, you should be able to do all the, all the demo yourself. Uh, if you have a cast iron tub, you're want to, going to want to get a couple of buddies. <laughs> how extensive, how <laughs> extensive was her renovation was your sense from the question? Totally down to the studs. She wanted to take it all the way down to the studs and, and start all over again. So, um, yeah, new floor, new tub, new walls, new everything. But she wasn't moving anything. No, hoping that, you know, when you when you um, open everything up, that you're not going to find this old, soft lead flange that your toilet was sitting on that needs to be replaced. Right. Um, and, you know, again, um, you know, that's something... And why, that, that's pro- why is that problematic? Because it's, well, one, it's lead. Um, and because it was probably put in about 1920, right? mm. it dates back to the origins of your house and, you know, lead is very soft and it doesn't really attach like, um, toilets attached to the flange. This kind of just, the toilet just kind of sits on there, uh, unless somebody has taken a, a, a repair flange and nailed it through the floor, mm-hmm. but it's still just kind of the flange sits there, and then you've got the, so just the, the weight ring, of it, right? And the and, the, and your together. wax ring is in there, um, so it's just they're prone to leaking, uh, especially when you start messing with them. Um, so we always like they were kind of meant for a one and done kind of. Not you're never going to have to pull your toilet ever, right? <laughs> <laughs> Little did they know. Little did they know. Um, yeah, so those are those are things that I mean you could also do that. The hard part about doing plumbing, especially your drain plumbing, is if you're working with cast iron pipes. Cast iron is so incredibly difficult to work with; it's so hard to cut, and mm. you really got to know what you're doing when you're, you're Get making in the that. land of special tools. Right, right, mm. and it's just you know I, I see it frustrating. You know, licensed plumbers. Yeah, yeah. Right. And uh, the alternative to restrooms is you could rent a porta potty, or even just the RV toilets. You know, if you're only needing to survive, if, especially if it's just you, right? You know, right? Yeah, that's what we do on all of our jobs. We you know hire out a, a honey bucket and gets put on site so that all of our workers are have a have a place and we're not messing up the client's bathroom. Right. Yeah. Right. I always tell them they look at me and it's like, do we really need a honey bucket? And I'm like. Those plumbers, they're dirty. You yeah. don't want them in your bathroom. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. So good luck. Let us know how you, how you fare. Right. Yes. Um, another one was small bathroom, doing a renovation on the small bathroom. 
they replaced their door that swung in. Mm. So you're, you figure you've got a tiny little bathroom and you got this door that swings in. So it's just taken all kinds of room. Uh, you can't have two bathroom, two people in the bathroom at that time because of that. Misses the toilet just by a little bit. So they wanted to put a barn door in. They're leaving the framing for the door. So they're taking the door off, the hinges off, the strike plate. Well, that's leaving holes. And so, you know, what do you, what do, you do with those? Mm. Oh, and, right, right. Yeah. So um, there's a couple of products that we use to do wood fills like that. And, and uh, one is a, it's called Rock Durham Water Putty. And it's dry, and you mix it with water. Fill it. It sets up pretty quickly. You kind of um, take your putty knife and get the, the high spots off. Let it harden up really good, and then you use you know uh, nice. eighty grit sandpaper and or there's a, a general purpose bondo that you can use. It's two part epoxy. The problem with that is it's really smelly, mm, mm. and some people like myself love the smell of. <laughs> <laughs> it's just memories of my dad fixing his old jeep, right? Right, doing the right, auto body kind of thing. Right, so, right. Um, but you can use either one of those and, and just fill those holes in. Because um, it's really just an aesthetic thing. Right. They're not doing anything functional. Nope, not anymore. Not after you've taken the door off. So you can just fill those holes in, make them, sand them really nice, prime them, and then just paint the whole thing, and you'll never know they were there. Nice. Yeah. Somebody else yeah? wants to replace their dining room light fixture. It's like, can I do it, or do I need to hire somebody? <gasps> those are fun. Right. And that's all a comfort level again. Mm-hmm. Um, how old is your house, and how old is the wiring? One thing that we run across occasionally, um, pulling a light fixture down, and is all you've got is the wire that actually comes through a hole in the ceiling. It has no junction box. That's mm. some old wiring. Um, it can be a little sketchy. Mm-hmm. That can be a little sketchy. Not sure exactly what you're tying into. Um, but it's definitely easy. You know, black wire, white wire, you're good to go. And Making switch. sure the circuit's breaker's off. Turn it off before. Right. We do not condone. working with hot wires that's right that's right Uh, but definitely doable Um, last one yeah refacing cabinets (gasps) refacing kitchen cabinets and that's a big project is it worth it well there's a lot of things to consider yeah what is the status of the cabinets now as far as what kind of shape are they in Mm -hmm. are they particle board you're talking yeah. about the actual boxes themselves, the actual cabinet I'm boxes? I'm talking both or because both, yeah. you can, you know, you can have the doors refinished too, but they come in and they put this, you know, melamine, mm-hmm. you know, face over it kind of thing to finish it. Or you can have them taken away and they paint them and then they bring them back and they paint the frames. Um, and that's, it's all dependent upon, you know, what shape your current cabinets are in. How long do you plan on living there? If you're just doing it for aesthetics so that you can move out, it might be worth it. Mm. Um, It might be worth it to not do anything at all. Um, So there's a lot of different things to weigh. And let's let's do the assumption that our earlier assumption, a lot of people aren't moving, selling up and down. So Mm -hmm. it's like, we're going to be here for a while, hate my cabinet doors. Mm -hmm. And, And so I really want to do it. So then what, I, what should I really consider? One question I'm going to ask is, are you going to replace your countertop as well? Oh, really? Why? Well, if you're going to replace your countertop, and depending upon the, counter, the, the type of countertop and how it was installed, 
you might not, we might, might not be able to get that countertop off without damaging the boxes for the cabinets. Oh, right. mm-hmm. interesting. We've done it a couple of times where we we're putting in new, um, new countertops. Um, and when we've done it, we've actually had the counter installers come out and take the countertops off. Sure. So if they mess they it know up, about that epoxy. Yeah, and if they mess it up. It's not our fault. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but with the right, you know, the right type of saw and right type of blade, you could probably get it off. And Can you just get new cabinet doors? Yeah, you can get them. They're about, I was just looking at them because I've got a client that wants me to uh, bid on this job. And you're looking at about $37 a square foot for, for cabinet doors. For just the doors. And this just- is unpainted cabinet door. $37 a square foot. With the hardware? No. That doesn't include your hardware, and that doesn't include finishing. We're not finished yet. We're just raw wood. So then we want to paint it as well. We have three coats, and you want to be able, you want to spray it, I would think. That's, that's what I would want anyway. Right. It's a nice, right. nice, fine finish on it. And then you've got to paint the boxes as well. So sometimes it's you add all that stuff up. If you've got you know 27 doors that you're going to and drawers then it's really getting up there in price. Plus, that you've got all that additional labor for finishing the doors and the, and the boxes. And if something that, if that's something you would enjoy doing, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I mean, doable if you yeah. got some time and you like working stuff. Some see. people do, right? Yeah, there's a lot of things really to consider. Good. Yeah, yeah. And who could you ask for just advice on that? Like, is that something that you could have a cabinet person come in? Not a cabinet designer so much, but, you know, somebody who, who who can say, okay, these are the steps that it would take. There's actually some great websites. Um, it's like Cabinet Door Depot or something oh, like cool. that. And, and there's like, there's like three or four of them. And they take you step by step through measuring them to make sure that you're getting the measurements right and the different kind of hinges and the placement and what's the difference between framed and frameless cabinets. Um, Probably the most important aspect, right? Right, right. Um, yeah. and, and so they do a really good job of explaining all of that. Um, that's very so cool. That you can, so that you'll be able to put all of your numbers in and be able to order everything, and uh, hopefully it'll be right. Cool. That's it for today. Super. If you have any questions that you would like us, or Amy, I just think about them. I don't have the answers. If you have Sometimes any, you do. <laughs> if you have any questions that you would like Amy to look into, please send them to askamy at amyworks.com. Thank you, Amy. Thank you, Alicia. This podcast is sponsored by Amy Works, a residential remodeling contractor in Seattle. We want to help you realize the dream of your next kitchen, bath, or basement remodel. Check out some of our work on our website, amyworks.com. Give us a call at 206-478-2019 or send us an email at help at amyworks.com.